the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Never mistake his grace either or his patience for his approval. But you know what? Don't say, oh, why would a loving God? How many times do I hear that? I just want to scream. Why would a loving God send somebody to hell? Because they deserve it and because he's loving. Why would a loving God... You know what? Instead of trying to find ways to blame and to judge God, ask yourself, why would a loving God sacrifice His one and only Son for somebody like me? I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Dragon will fall, the mountains will move, every chain of the past you've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, Pastor Keith continues with the Future Grace series, an in-depth study of the book of Revelation. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to Revelation Chapter 6. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. How many times do I hear that? I just want to scream. Why would a loving God send somebody to hell? Because they deserve it and because he's loving. Why would a loving God... You know what? Instead of trying to find ways to blame and to judge God, ask yourself, why would a loving God sacrifice his one and only son for somebody like me? Where do we see the grace of God here? And where do we see the warning not to miss it? Revelation 6, verses 12 through 17. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun and the moon became black as sackcloth, and the the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to earth as a fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and every island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, rich and poor, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide him, hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne. Hide us from the only one who can save us. Hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. 
whose body was broken for our sin, who shed his blood that we might have eternal life. Hide us from them, for the great day of their wrath is come, and who can stand? Boy, and you know what? He still shows grace after this. He still shows them grace upon grace upon grace. Don't miss the grace. Don't miss the love. Working through the text, we see God provides so many opportunities for them to repent. So many opportunities for them to rush into his arms like a prodigal returning to his father. So many warnings. Revelation 8:13. Then I looked and I heard an eagle flying crying flying and crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth. And, to the, and, and at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow, there's a warning. Now, there are some commentators who say, well, m- m- maybe nobody could hear the eagle. Some suggest humanity couldn't hear that. But you know what? Let's take a, a more clear text to shed light on this less clear text. And you want to look at Revelation 14. Revelation 14. Six through seven. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth and sea and the springs of water. I mean, what do they want? How clear could he make it? And furthermore, in Revelation 7, 1 through 14, and I'll kind of hit the high points here, we see that God provides grace upon grace, opportunity upon opportunity. Revelation 7, 1, after this I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with with the seal of the living God and he called in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth saying, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads and I heard the number of the sealed 100. 44,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Now you jump down to verse 13 here and you see the fruit of their labors. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? And I said, sir, you know. And he said, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. God sent Jewish converts to Christianity to preach to a world that hated Christ and some by his grace and mercy and love come to repentance. I don't want to jump ahead to the 144,000 Jewish evangelists and those saved in the tribulation but you've already seen this hinted at in 6, 7, and 8. You have these who these 144,000 Jewish evangelists, and then later on, you have all these people from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation praising God, and he says, these are the ones who came out of the tribulation. So as we study this book, never underappreciate, never overlook, never ignore, discount, 
or discredit the grace of God. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Which brings us to our second lesson. Lesson number two, do not misinterpret God's patience. Don't miss or misinterpret his patience, his great, great patience, because that's what these three sevens show us over the course of seven years. Revelation eight thirteen. Then I looked and I heard an eagle flying. I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth and the blast of the trumpet of the other trumpets that the three angels were about to blow. Remember God's patience, which is what the tribulation and its seals and its trumpets and bowls reveal and display. We have that slide again. Remember the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls. Three sevens, 21 telescoping events over seven years where God systematically and gracefully and patiently and unmistakably reveals that he is. He is who he is. He is the God of the universe. He is sovereign over all things, and he will get your attention. You can ignore it. You can suppress the truth and unrighteousness, but you have no one to blame but yourself. We have seven years of patience, seven years of overt, unmistakable, miraculous, divine intervention on top of the 2,000 years of the church that we've already seen and the three or 4,000 years of history, the history of Israel from the garden to now. That's what we've had. And he gives them seven years more of focused, intense revelation. And they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And they act like life goes on. And they think somehow that, you know what, I, I remember talking to somebody about Christ, and he goes, when I'm older, I'll do it. Well, now, you know what, I talked to him then. He was about 25. Today, he's 68, and he still hasn't embraced Christ. But the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do not miss, and do not take advantage of God's great patience. Which brings us to our third lesson. Do not misunderstand man's culpability. Do not, you know, I, I, I just hear all these excuses, particularly now in, the, you know, in this era in which we live, you know. And, you know, oh, you know, boy, what about this person? What about, what about they've never heard the gospel? What about they had 10 heads and 15? I mean, you want to create all these theoreticals but the bottom line is everybody there's never been a human being in this on this planet who didn't know that God is and God is a rewarder of those who seek him because without faith it's impossible to please him and the heavens display his glory day to day pours forth speech every person knows they just choose not to seek and they create their own little gods as it talks about and Romans. But here, here is a beautiful picture, if you want to call it that, is a stark picture of man's culpability. Revelation 6, 12, and then verses, I will jump to verses 15 to 17. When he opened the sixth seal, now there have already been five seals. When he opened the sixth seal, now jump down to verse 15, all this stuff happens, 
And then what does it say? Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, Mother Earth, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? People know. People know. There's never, there are no, there are no innocents in hell and there are no innocents on this earth, just perpetrators. And sooner or later, sooner or later, you have to pay for your crimes. Christ offers them a way out and they refuse it. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. They concoct all kinds of stories about creation and how it came into being and this God and this God and pluralism and all this crazy immorality and they create their own little, their own little fantasy world and he crushes it and gives them nowhere to look but up and when they look up, they shake their fist at the Almighty. They don't want God. This is seal number six. The mountains and the, everything's been moved out of its place. If you want a memory verse to always remind you about this when you witness to people, memorize Romans 1, 18 to 20. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God has made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what which has been made so that they are without excuse. And instead of saying, God save me, I admit I'm a sinner I believe that Christ is the Savior and I commit my whole person to you. I surrender my will to you. They say, no. May the rocks fall on us and cover us. We don't want the Savior or his Father. Do not miss, do not misunderstand the culpability of mankind. How obvious could it be? Look with me at Revelation 9. 20 and 21. And the rest of my mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works of their hands nor give up worshiping demons or idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood which cannot see, hear, or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. And then there's this, Revelation 16, 9. They were scorched by the fierce heat and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues, power to call these plagues off. They did not repent and give him glory. Verse 11, and cursed God, the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. It just goes on like this all the way through Revelation. Just an example of the intransigence, of the stubbornness, of the depravity, of the sinfulness of the culpability of the human race. You know, what we're seeing here, I think I alluded to it before, maybe it was in the previous service, 
We see here God as he did with Pharaoh, hardening them in this way. He backs them into a corner. He gives them no way out. He strips them bare of any pretense. He strips them bare of all the false gods they worship. And he gives them two choices, repent or perish. And they cursed him for revealing himself in such an unmistakable way. They cursed his love. They cursed his grace. They cursed his patience. They are hardened by their own sin and sinfulness, and they say no. Why am I telling you all this? That brings us to Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, where we started. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants, that's you and me, or some of us, the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one, is the one who reads the words of this aloud, of this book, of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for because the time is near. This brings us to application. The time is near. Every day that passes is a day closer to all of this calamity, all of this indescribable suffering, hardship, tragedy. And this gets back to why you and I are here. This church, this, not this building, this building could be a garage somewhere. This is just a meeting house. This church, this, this people, we exist to change this community one soul at a time with the message of Jesus Christ. And we talked about this before, be one, bring one, build one. So by way of application, be one, equip yourself to serve and to reach others because the time is near. September 12th, we're gonna take all three worship services for Vision Sunday, and two of the first aspects that we're going to be covering of this vision, and there's four or five, is that we want to create in this church a culture of prayer and evangelism. Now, we do well at praying for each other and encouraging each other and praying for the hardships and the aches and the pains and the losses of us, of each other. But what we want to do is to create a culture of praying for ministry, for ministry. And this culture of evangelism will flow out of that. And it's not just going out on a Thursday night. It's not handing a tract to somebody. It's a comprehensive, holistic idea that the fields around us are white with the harvest and we want to, we're cooking dinner and say, you know, I got enough for one more person. I think I'll invite one of my pagan neighbors to, to dinner and just have a meal with him and show hospitality. And maybe as I build a relationship with this individual, I'll have the chance to present the gospel. Or maybe it's, maybe it's uh, not treating your church relationships as optional. Some of us have more lost friends than we have friend friends, safe friends. For some of us, church has become optional, something we do when we feel like it. You want to be the real deal. You want to be with Christians. You want to be 
on the playing field, in the game, living out your faith in a compelling way. You were saved to serve. Secondly, bring one. Redeem the time. The time is near. Time is drawing to a close. Seek to draw people to Christ. You know, some people say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism, but we all have the responsibility. I heard somebody say it this way. It was kind of crass, but it was kind of cute at the same time. We don't all have the gift of evangelism, but we all have the guilt of evangelism. The fields all around us are white with the harvest. You know what? Do it in baby steps. Maybe you're kind of timid. Not all of us are equally gifted or equally in the same place in terms of spiritual maturity or whatever and ability. You got this little card in your in your uh, bulletin. You got them out there. Just invite somebody. Invite five people. You got a, maybe you got a one in four chance somebody will come. They'll enjoy a meal. They'll see Christians, you know, that we don't have five extra arms and legs or something like that. We'll come inside, we'll laugh together, and they'll hear the gospel. Have your small group once a quarter. Invite friends to a potluck as you live and do life together and love one another and talk about the Savior together. Or get equipped. Get equipped to present the gospel. It's not rocket science and it's not impossible. Abide in Christ, keep his word, he'll do the heavy lifting. And then this whole building one, again, Vision Sunday, you're gonna hear a little bit about Worldview or Hillside Academy because we're tired of the public school system and curriculum and the educational establishment, the university. You you pay $100,000 to have your kids turn on the faith and turn on you when they get woke. And so we're going to be equipping families to think biblically. We're going to ask you to do something miraculous. We're going to start with the fathers. Be a father. Be a man. Be a mother. Be a parent. Your kids don't want to come to church? Too bad. They don't get to make the rules. You do. God has loaned them to you for a season. Bring them here. Bring them to youth group. I don't care about their excuses. I don't like this person. I don't like this youth leader. I don't care about it. You know what? You did that when you were a kid. Bring them. We're going we're to equip you and them together and them individually to think like a Christian. We don't want a bunch of well-behaved little pagans leaving here like most youth ministries do. We want them to know they're lost or we want them to know Christ, and we want them to know how to live out their faith, and we're going to be focusing on that for the next five years in a way we've never done before at this church. And that's build one, okay? Last and not least, make sure you're in the kingdom. One of the blessings, one of the joys that I've had with the COVID-19 is it has separated the committed from the uncommitted. It has separated the wheat from the tares. It has separated the real Christian from the Laodicean and the lost. Just because you prayed a prayer when you were about that tall, or just because you say you're a Christian, I can say I'm a blonde and it doesn't make it so. And, you know, being in this building doesn't make you a Christian any more than being at McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. So I want to make sure that you're in the kingdom. I want you to make sure. I want you to look at your priorities because 
Blessed is the one who hears and keeps the book of this, the words of the book of this prophecy, for the time is near. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, uh, that you raise us up for such a time as this. And Father, we thank you uh, for this demonstration of your love, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.